Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Andy Murray, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph from day six of the Fever Tree Championships at the Queen's Club. The sun is setting over the Queen's Club. There are merry Queen's Club members everywhere you look, which is why Gigi Salmon and myself, Catherine Ritko, have ducked the cover recording inside the photographer's room uh, in the bowels of the Queen's Club uh, after what has been a quite wonderful day. The sun has been shining. We've had two very competitive men's singles semi-finals. Marin Cilic winning through against Nick Kyrgios. Novak Djokovic winning through against Jeremy Shardy. We'll be hearing from both finalists. Gigi's been catching up with both of them. We'll also hear an exclusive interview with uh, Novak Djokovic's coach, Marion Vida, and we'll be hearing from Gordon Reid and Alfie Hewitt, two of the players who've been taking part this week in the first ever wheelchair tennis event at the Queen's Club. So uh, plenty coming up, but first and foremost, Gigi, we must talk about our men's finalist, Marin Cilic, just too good in pretty much every department and I include serve in that for Nick Kyrgios today 7-6, 7-6 a, a brilliant match, a thrilling match old school grass court tennis it was wonderful to see wasn't it? It really was and he didn't get the wobbles towards the end Marin Cilic, that's the one thing about Marin Cilic when it gets into a, a tough situation, can he close things out but it's always been said about him when he's on it and we always go back to 2014 the run at the US Open because he was on it he was unstoppable, he was unbeatable he became a Grand Slam champion if he is fully there in every department that's mental as well as physical, he's got the game because he's got a huge forehand, a massive serve, he can come forward, he can play at the net, he looks so relaxed, he looks so comfortable he's a newly married man, it just all the pieces in the Chilich puzzle seem to fall into place very nicely. And wobble kilometer was was low today low 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 registering on the uh, ball bounceometer and leg wobbleometer for Marin Cilic I mean still a little bit because that's part and parcel of Marin Cilic these days but definitely significantly less than you know I think back to the final here against Feliciano Lopez last year what was it 8-6 in the third in those final few games there was more Marin Cilic leg wobbling and ball bouncing than there was balls being struck how I mean it was he, such a how giveaway it was such a giveaway of how nervous he was so he did an interview with um, our reporter Anna, Anna for uh, Amazon Prime uh, after his win today and he used the word calm I, I counted at least four times it might have been five times and uh, I did believe him he really seems calm and as I say the fact that there's 
less leg wobbling, knee jiggling and ball bouncing, I think is is strong evidence of that. And uh, I know we keep saying it always, always. It's the thing that's always trotted out about Ryan Chilich, but he is the loveliest man in tennis. It's and Gigi, nice <laughs> you've had the pleasure of catching up with the loveliest man in tennis. Marin, you must be absolutely delighted. It's your fourth final here overall, and it is back-to-back finals at the Queen's Club. Yeah, definitely delighted. It was a great match again. As expected, very tough against Nick. Uh, not much that uh, made a difference in the end. Uh, you know, it was, it was uh, two tie breaks, two close, uh, two close sets, and I had even a couple break points in that second set. He came up uh, with, with great shots, and it was extremely important to stay focused, stay patient, you know, wait for the opportunities, and uh, luckily I, I got them and uh, used them well. What have you been most pleased about with how you're playing this week? A lot of people focus on the serve that's been working well. Is it the serve? Is it another aspect? Is it the mental side of things that's also mm-hmm. very important? Well, you know, it, it comes all in the package, sort of. Uh, you, you have to, uh, you know, play well, execute well, obviously, on court. I'm, I was very pleased with that. I was, I was serving throughout the week. Um, you know, haven't uh, lost too many points in my serve as well. And, you know, that makes uh, mental part of my game very strong. And, and also, again, today, coming, bu- coming up against uh, Nick, uh, a big server, you are also under pressure if you, uh, you know, do something badly on your service games that, you know, it can be proved to be uh, even critical for the match. Uh, you can be losing a set very quickly. So I was focused and, uh, you know, did, did all my parts of, the, of, of my game really well. Looking ahead to you might face, firstly, the challenges of facing Novak Djokovic. The head-to-head isn't great, but you mm-hmm. did win your last meeting mm-hmm. in 2016. Yeah, the, the challenge to play Novak is obviously a very big one and very motivating. Um, and, and throughout the career, he was extremely uh, strong and uh, I always had a difficulty to play him because the way he, he plays I think uh, you know there is not much in the game that you can see that he's got a weakness so uh, it was tough for me to beat him but managed to do that after 14 times in a 15 time I, I managed to win it so it was it was great feeling and now if we're gonna play definitely uh, great to see him back playing so well again uh, he's been out uh, with an injury and obviously Dennis loves him and uh, the champion that he is and it's going to be uh, great to share the court with him tomorrow. And a couple of things I was wondering, on the morning of a final, do you have a pre-final routine? Something maybe you only do on finals days? <laughs> is it the same thing you always do or is it just whatever you feel like doing? Um, no, it's, it's always the same. You know, just be easy, you know, get up, uh, wake up or, you know, whatever time in the morning I have to wake up, uh, get something to eat, you know, warm up breakfast, uh, warm up uh, for the match, get some lunch and uh, play, play tennis. <laughs> we did a little locker room tour. Yeah. So in football, you've got your separate change. You don't yeah. see each other until you go out. But here, we went in on quarterfinal morning. You didn't mind us being there. You're having yeah. a little chat with Sam Query, who you're yeah. about to face. So on the morning yeah. of the final, you're in there with your opponent. Do you have a little chat or is it just yeah. all business for yourself? Depends, you know, depends on the time. You know, somebody is more focused, somebody is... You know, more relaxed and, uh, you know, just sometimes can be, you know, relaxing and just uh, chatting because we are all good friends uh, sharing the locker room all the time, even practicing and, and, you know, seeing each other every single day in the players' lounge, restaurant, uh, hotels. So it's, uh, we are all good friends outside of the court and, uh, you know, a great, uh, great part of the year to, with the World Cup so we can uh, all chat about those things as well. Uh, football chat. Marin, thank you and good luck in the final. Thanks. So Marin Cilic continuing to be lovely. 
very lovely. I mean, he's he's just a nice guy, and and I I do often tell people about this time last year when he had lost, had that championship point against Feliciano Lopez, and you normally put in to speak to the winner. We thought, well, we'll we'll have a go, and we'll put in to speak to Manchester. And he came and sat down with us, and he did a couple of interviews for a lady after the press conference. I remember, she was asking him a, a few sort of this or that questions, or what's your favourite this, and then sat down with us for sort of fifteen minutes. Yeah, he even couldn't get rid of him, could we? <laughs> even admitted, he was loving it. He gave his coach at the time, Jonas Bjorkman, a hug when he came off court, and you're like, shouldn't it have been the other way around? But he's just a generally nice guy, and I think the great thing about Marin Cilic is he leaves it on the court. He said in his press conference. Because they were like, this is, you know, you're going to turn things around. This is your fourth final in 2012 now, Bandian. You can't have been happy with that because now Bandian was defaulted and you've come so close on another couple of occasions. He said, I have no regrets from last year. Feliciano Lopez was better than me on the day. I put it to one side and, and we start again. And I really like that about him. It's why we're always saying he's such a nice guy. How do you feel about the mantra that it's possible to be too nice to be a great champion? Oh, that's the announcement oh, last from, orders. from I, th- I think that's the voice of Dave Levy, uh, our esteemed colleague, to tell us that that's last orders the in the media bar. Is yeah. that how, the only way he'd become part of the podcast? It's like the voice of God. <laughs> well, it is because it, it's controlling a bar. So it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's very, uh, I do if think... You, if you hear a stampede, that is because last orders <laughs> have been called at the media bar. Everyone is heading in the other direction. And if suddenly it goes silent on the podcast, we've joined them. <laughs> I think there is some truth in... You can be too, not to be a winner, but to be a serial winner. I think in Novak Djokovic, I know he went through everything he's gone through, but Novak Djokovic, Rafa Nadal, Roger Federer, I think there's a ruthless streak. However nice they appear and well they do in the media and X and Y, I think they have, maybe it's a different gene, maybe it's a different something. I I think they have a certain something, which is why they have won multiple titles. And I, I, I do, I do, I'm not saying they're not nice guys, but I just think there is a ruthless streak that's just a little bit more ruthless and it does make a difference. My theory, or one of them, about Marin Cilic is what happened to him in the Wimbledon final last year. And I, 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 I don't think he choked or, or, or anything. I'm not suggesting that for a moment. He had horrendous blisters. I've heard accounts of people that, that saw him getting those blisters taped up the day before the final, and it sounds absolutely grim. You don't need to hear details. I wish I had never heard details. But, um, but just... Just the experience of sitting on centre court and and crying into a towel, you know, knowing that knowing that he had no chance of, of winning that match, knowing that you know the thing he wanted so much just wasn't going to to happen for him that day. I I think that has changed something in him. I know he's already a Grand Slam champion, but we don't necessarily always talk about him in those terms. I'm not sure he necessarily always thinks of himself in those terms. Um, and I I don't know. I just think there's a, a fire in the belly of, of Marin Cilic since that Wimbledon final I know he, he lost to Federer again in the Australian Open final but that could very easily have been a straight sets defeat as well and it wasn't he made sure that it wasn't he made sure that he had a say in what happened that day he made sure that he could feel about that match the same way he feels about the final here last year which was I was just beaten by a better player but I left it all out there and he's determined to I think always feel like that and I think we'll talk about Djokovic in a minute but I think he goes into the final tomorrow as the favourite I think I think absolutely I think I think on form I think on on ranking he won their last meeting in 2016 in in Bercy I know you get some strange results come Bercy because (laughs) some players minds are already on the beach and some have got other things to think about and some x x and y and z but it's 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 a very it's June, lop- Gigi, and my mind's on the beach. It's it's oh, <laughs> it, it's it's lopsided in favour of Novak Djokovic. But you have to think that Marin Cilic 
if he plays like he did today against Nick Kyrgios, he's going to be very difficult because Novak Djokovic isn't going to get the openings on the Marin Cilic serve because Marin Cilic has looked so strong. But for me, it always comes back to the question about Marin Cilic. And he was able to close out today. Can he close out the match? When it gets really tight, can he cross that line? And, and it's How probably much the knee question, wobbling will there be? Well, it, it's always the question mark I think I have with, with Marin Cilic. Just when I think he's playing exceptional tennis, it, it comes down to the big crunch match. And can he just get himself over the line? And it's going to be fascinating to see. As you say, he goes in as the favourite. He's the top seed here. It's his fourth final at Queen's. Can he win that title for a second time? against Novak Djokovic who won through against Jeremy Shardy today 7-6-6-4 a lot more competitive a match I think than a lot of people were, were giving Jeremy Shardy credit for beforehand despite the fact that he was 12-1 and on grass this season now 12-2 and because of the the contrasting statistic of being 24-0 and in sets against Novak Djokovic which sorry Jeremy he came so close in that first set but I'm afraid this, that stat is now 26-0 and and he really gave a good fist of it today but it has to be said that uh, you know, if he couldn't do it today, I'm not sure Shardy will ever get a set against Novak Djokovic now. And I'm not sure he probably believes he will ever get a set against Novak Djokovic. This was probably his best chance in terms of how he's playing that Serbiton title and the final of Togenbosch just losing to Richard Gasquet and the way he's been playing, the way he's been serving. He's got the consistency that maybe in past years he's lacked and he's got himself back into the top 15. It's because he's moved to London, Gigi. It's because he's a local and he yeah. said this is this is my favourite tournament and he's got the game for grass and he enjoys playing on the grass and he's another one that's got married. Maybe they're all just getting married and becoming all very relaxed about life but he seems in a very, very good place. He's playing some of the best tennis of his career. I asked him earlier in the week, I said what's going on with all these over, over 30s? Do you just relax a little bit? He said, yeah, I think so. I think we realise that life goes on and if you lose it's not a massive problem and, and you relax a little bit but Look, it was always going to be virtually mission impossible against Novak Djokovic. It was a very, very close first set, and then it went to form in the second. But just positives for me for Jeremy Shardy to take away from the last few weeks, and he should have so much confidence going into the rest of the grass court season. But his victor, his his conqueror today, Novak Djokovic, was very good indeed, wasn't he? He seems like a man on a mission. We both went to his press conference, and it was definitely game face Djokovic wasn't it he sat down he answered all the questions that that were asked of him he he gave long enough answers as he he usually does he's he's prone to a a a meandering answer to a question it's fair to say but it was definitely business wasn't it it was definitely this is a thing that I'm required to do I'm going to get it done I'm going to get out of here and get on with my preparations uh, for tomorrow's final not before though talking to Gigi Salmon Congratulations, Novak. You're back here in the final since 2008. You haven't dropped a set all week. How do you look at the week so far? Uh, it's been a terrific week for me. I mean, I've, I've been enjoying uh, the time on the court. It's been uh, it's been a year since I've played finals in any event. So, of, co- of course, it's quite refreshing. I'm very pleased for that. Uh, also, the fact that I haven't dropped a set and... Uh, Played uh, played some really good tennis, so uh, you know it's it's a great lead up for tomorrow's uh, probably the biggest challenge of, of the week. You talked about it being that first final and the first title since Eastbourne, but from speaking to you at the beginning of the week, I'm also wondering it must feel almost as good that you're just mm. out here, you're healthy, and you're competing. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, it put thing you know you always try to put things in perspective. I'm very grateful that I have an opportunity to uh, to play first of all, you know, pain free. And then, uh, and then, obviously, to uh, to have a shot at a title. 
um, and you know uh, I've had uh, great tournaments in Rome and Roland Garros and uh, just kind of felt like in the last month or month and a half my, my game has has you know I raised my my level uh, of tennis uh, game got has gotten better um, so so this was you know this was a phenomenal week so far but uh, obviously I don't want to stop here you know tomorrow is uh, as I said big task and Omar and Cilic is in in great form is definitely one of the best players in the world in the surface in general of course um, gonna have to deal with his big serve but uh, you know I've dealt with some big serves also today and hopefully I can I can prevail because you did joke after the match or maybe you were being serious that you might take two rackets yeah. out <laughs> and not to deal with a yes. Marin Cilic serve because yeah. as you said he's a man who's in co- everyone will say to you but Novak you've got the head to head and you've beaten this guy yes. so many times but he's full of confidence and just that little bit more dangerous on this surface yes yes absolutely because I mean, he's played a finals of Wimbledon he played I think he won a title here played finals several times I mean he's he, he just loves playing on grass I mean he's, he's so hard for him to uh, to get broken, you know, and, and serve because he's, he's both first and second are very aggressive, and he just uh, puts a lot of pressure on your service games as well. And he he's, he's quite aggressive and hits hits the ball really flat and, and uh, through the court. So, but we we know each other. We practiced uh, actually here before the tournament started. So, uh, you know, no secrets. We're going to come out both winning, wanting to win. And finally, I'm intrigued now. I think this is going to be your 99th yes. tour-level singles final. Do you have a routine on finals day? Maybe it's something you have to eat, something you have to do, or what is that routine on the morning of a final? Well, the 99th uh, finals day routine is going to be definitely special. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, it's, going to be, it's going to be more or less the, the same, of course, like uh, all the other days, you know, trying to keep... Keep that, uh, you know, discipline and routine and things that make me feel good and comfortable and well prepared. Novak, thank you and best of luck. Thank you. So there is Novak Djokovic. You got a smile out of him, Gigi. The, 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 the assembled press in the press conference might not have been able to, but you did. A little bit grumpy when he came. Uh, but I, I don't know if I'm just a little bit too cynical. I think in my old age I get, I get worse and worse. But about Novak Djokovic, I, I never know if it's, if it's fully genuine. I like to think that it is and when you sit down with Marin Cilic you know if he's smiling he's smiling I spoke to Jeremy Shardy a few times and he was always grinning and he was laughing and he was so happy with Novak Djokovic it feels he will smile when he knows he should smile at the right time and he should be serious he knows he should be serious and he always needs to throw something in about love and this and that and I I don't know I I think he's been fairly relaxed this week I know he a little bit angry out on court and gave short shrift to a couple of the journos in the in the press conference but I think in general, he's looked quite relaxed. He was asked about the little outburst he had in his box midway through. I think it was the first set uh, against Shardy today, and he just said, I won't be commenting on that. Oh, no, he wanted to move on from that. Yeah, we'll move on, please. Really, really quickly. <laughs> yeah. I think in, in one way, he's you know, having a little chat with him before you start the interview, and I was talking about this weird sort of chocolate-style thing he was drinking oh, that but was it wasn't chocolate. as far from chocolate as you could some no. vegany healthy seedy no thing it was sort of ground chia seeds yeah. and children's tears it's it's it, it looked it looked like an unjoyful drink it's something that i'm sure is really really good for you but just in and and i think he's felt i this is probably the most i've spoken to him in this amount of time because they're playing every other every day and you have the media day at the start normally the grand slam you might get a yes every now and then but working for the tournament we're quite lucky we sometimes get more yeses than most so this is probably the most i've spoken to him in in this space this short space of time 
I've enjoyed it. I found him very relaxed, but I think I still leave as I went in, not really knowing how genuine or not it was. You don't really feel like he's letting you in, do you? He's 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 being perfectly pleasant. He's doing everything Absolutely. that's required of him. He's giving you good answers, but you somehow don't feel like you're getting to know I don't know feel him. I've broken down a wall. I don't feel no. I've broken down any barriers. He laughed and he smiled, which is always nice when you're interviewing someone because you hope it means you're a little bit relaxed. But have I sort of changed opinion thoughts about him? Not really. I, th- I think the fire is back in terms of the tennis. I think his best performance so far has been against Grigor Dimitrov. I think that was a stunning... And he said the same yeah, in his press conference. Stunning yeah. show from him there. And, and I think he is back. And I'm happy because, as we talked about in a, in a previous podcast, I'm not sure if it's one of the ones that worked or didn't, <laughs> at the start of the year, <laughs> I did tip him to win Wimbledon. We did predictions for ATP Tennis Radio in January. And a few months in, I was like, oh, wow, that was a horrific choice. But now I think he's up there. I think he's got a chance of winning Wimbledon. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not like there are loads of other names that you'd put in the mix to challenge Federer at Wimbledon. Far from it. So, yeah, I don't think that sounds silly at all. I'll tell you what, Gigi, um, we're going to hear from Marion Vida now. I had the chance to talk to him um, on the Amazon Prime Highlight Show. We also did a little preview piece to use uh, ahead of the final tomorrow I know we just wax lyrical about Marin Cilic being the nicest man in tennis but uh, I, I might just have to uh, it might have to be a shared title because Marion Vida I know you have but I've never interviewed him before I was bowled over by what a lovely man he was um, and yeah we'll talk about it afterwards but uh, here he is talking about Novak Djokovic Yes, I'm joined by a very special guest indeed, coach of Novak Djokovic, a finalist here at the Fever 2 Championships, Marion Vida. Marion, we've been talking about you all week in the studio this week. Daniela in particular, of course, I know you know her well. She speaks so highly of the influence you've had on Novak, obviously throughout his career, but in particular since you've come back onto the team. Yeah, obviously I, I, I had a great time with him past uh, almost 11 years and uh, we had a great time together and I... I take him when he was really, really young, when he was 18, uh, 19, and you know that was the one of the best times because he he was on the age, uh, uh, he was in in that young age, and he was on the way and raising his tennis level, so it was very enjoyable. Now it's a bit different, but it's not the same, not the same because uh, I joined joined the team. It, it caught me on surprise, uh, basically because he had his team before and. Uh, uh, he called me up and uh, asked me if I can join the team and obviously uh, I was very pleased to do it uh, but uh, obviously it's, it's a kind, it was a little bit different because his tennis was not at the best level and then you know you, you have to start all over again but I am pleased, very pleased uh, of his today performance. How surprised were you to receive that phone call and how quickly did you say yes? Yeah, I was really in emotions because uh, I didn't really follow tennis, follow tennis for almost almost a year, or his tennis, or his results, and I really want to be home and spend that time with my family. But uh, you know, uh, obviously, it took me it took me three years, uh, three days of confirmation of my family because it has to go. Obviously, uh, uh, my family has to make decision on on, on this, and then uh, obviously after three days, I figured out this is very it's a, it's a good and important for me to to go back again. Is Novak different now to when you worked with him before? Well, I mean, personality is the same. He's very enjoyable, nice guy, pleasant guy, and uh, and uh, he loves the crowd. He loves to he loves to compete, and it stays in him. In him, um, and uh, always he was a big fighter, and he was a great champion. And uh, 
obviously it was it was not that hard for me to to come back and to start him up again and he's into the final here is that surprised you is it is he surprised himself or were you expecting him to have a fantastic run here this week no, no it's 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 really surprising i mean uh, as he improving by day by day and the tournament the tournament i was uh, i had a feeling that he can play good but really i mean i didn't expect that that much going to the final and play final tomorrow against uh, marin cilic and we wish you both the very best of luck. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Real, real treat. I know Daniela will be particularly chuffed. <laughs> Thank you, Daniela, uh, speaking nicely about me. <laughs> it, it, everybody in Slovakia loves you for that. <laughs> Bye-bye. So that was Marian Vida. Truly, <laughs> truly an absolute delight. And not he doesn't do that many interviews, and I thought he'd be shy or not particularly forthcoming, but he really was forthcoming. Very, very honest. Um about their relationship and and uh, about what what they've gone through, about what Novak in particular has gone through, and again, it's something. It's a term that's trotted out so much. Father figure. He's a father figure to Novak Djokovic as much as anything. But the the look in his eye when he was talking about Novak was a look that you only really see from parents about their children or you know similar type relationships. It was this sort of glorious warmth and pride I really did get the feeling that he would you know lay his life on the line for this guy um and that's yeah and would it would it I mean I I took many things from the interview but one of the things that I reflected on about it afterwards was just it made me realize just what Djokovic the extremity of what he must have been going through to to ditch that team to ditch Marion Vida and the despair he must have been feeling at that moment to 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 jettison this guy who would probably lay down on train tracks for him to that that is the extent to which he wants the best for Novak Djokovic he he must have been just in a position where he was willing to try anything to 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 get that to get the feelings back that he had been having pre French Open 2016 and I think sometimes when you're in a hole Borna Church was talking about this because he changed his team at the back end of last year people asking him why do you suddenly get rid of everyone and he said well I got to a stage things weren't working and he said I can't I can't fire myself I can't yeah. sack myself and and therefore who do you sack it's the team around you and it's not always a bad thing to have a break in in any form and in, in life and sometimes you get back together as is the case in this instant for Marion Vida it was probably not a bad thing because he got to spend some time at home it is brutal the tennis too when you're traveling and traveling and traveling so he got a little bit of time Novak Djokovic got a little bit of time to think and maybe change would have been a good thing but in this case it wasn't and it's so nice to see them back together and it it, it seems as though they're contrasting styles because Marin Vida is very approachable he smiles he chats to anyone he was talking to uh, he, he was in a restaurant in Roland Garros after Novak Djokovic had exited to Marco Cecchinato and it didn't go down well in the press conference room too and everyone knows about that and he said well maybe you'll see me on grass maybe not and the Djokovic team minus Djokovic were in a pizza restaurant in the centre of Paris and one of the colleagues friends who I was with just said to Marion oh, are you not going to be on grass what's going to happen he said don't be silly of course we'll see you on grass in that very relaxed nice fatherly manner he's, he's a very approachable nice guy and it, it's, it's probably a good fit with Novak Djokovic and trying to take away all some of those stresses and strains yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it, it just seems so right that 
that the, the band is back together for, for Novak Djokovic and he has Marianne Vida by his side. I still see him as the underdog in the final tomorrow. A very, a very, very good underdog who could absolutely, definitely cause the upset. Probably 45-55, but the underdog nonetheless. Yeah, Marianne Cilic has to have the confidence. He's the top seed. It's his fourth final. He's been in fantastic form at the moment. He's played a lot of tennis. We've got to him. He's played a lot more tennis than Novak Djokovic has this year. Djokovic still working his way back still setting his goals for the year and Novak Djokovic knows it's going to be very tough because he's not going to get a lot of openings on the Chilich service, especially the way Marin Chilich has been going about things. It's, uh, yeah, it's weird, isn't it, that we go into Novak Djokovic has got wild card next to his name. Marin yeah. Chilich has got number one next to his name. And if you asked a poll of general tennis fans or maybe not even tennis fans, where would you put the WC and where would you put the one? It would probably be the other way around just because of who it is. But well, definitely Chilich your favourite. Three of our four semi-finalists today were unseeded. Only Chilich, the top seed, was a seeded player today which feels a bit bizarre so yeah that's what you have tomorrow uh, from 2.30 on the centre court Marin Cilic against Novak Djokovic the men's singles final they will be followed by Jamie Murray and Bruno Suarez who are into the final again the defending champions they will take on Henry Continen and John Piers of course Jamie Murray John Piers used to be a partnership so I mean it's all completely amicable but for the sake of you know journalism and hyping things up we'll call it a a grudge match are you match. doing an England team sheet thing yes trying to start something absolutely doing an England team sheet thing it's it's outrageous uh, over on court one we must mention from 11am so you'll be able to see this if you come in with a grounds pass you'll also be able to see it live streamed on our Fever Tree Championships Facebook page uh, so do check it out if you can because it's the first time wheelchair tennis has been featured at the Queen's Club it's the final of the men's singles event that features Stefan Olsen and Stefan Houday, Stefan spelt differently for the two men, F for Olsen PH for Houday, incidentally my favourite fact uh, about Stefan Houday is he has two sets of twins just like Roger Federer, that's amazing, I one more than that. you Gigi, it's something one to work more set. on yes I think it will stay as one more set than me, <laughs> uh, and then we have the uh, final men's doubles uh, wheelchair tennis exhibition event, it features now um, bear with me here Daniel Cavazacci from Spain and uh, Stefan Olsen who's also in the singles final and uh, Stefan Houdet and Nicholas Pfeiffer but we've also had the uh, quite well known British pairing of Alfie Hewitt and Gordon Reid they've uh, had plenty of success at Wimbledon at the Olympics both as a pair and individually uh, so they've been participating in the singles and the doubles event here at Queen's and Gigi you had a chat with them about the significance of that and how great it is not just for them but for us to have wheelchair tennis at the Fever Tree Championships. Alfie it's the first time the exhibition tournament has been staged here at Queen's the, the wheelchairs how good is it that this tournament is here and how enjoyable has it been? Yeah I've had a great time um, can't thank Queen's enough for having us here we're really pushing for that professional grass court season leading up to to Wimbledon and to have the opportunity to to get on the grass um, and play an exhibition and it's, it's something that I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed and hope the future years that we can be back and uh, be playing playing ranking tournaments. Gordon, how tough is the transition onto the grass? It's very tough. Um, the grass is a lot more difficult for us as wheelchair players to move on because uh, it's basically like pushing against resistance because you push the chair and you stop dead. I mean, you're in front of you, whereas on a hard court you'd roll for, for, for ages. So... Uh, it's a lot tougher in the upper body and it, t- it takes a bit of time to get used to it. But nice to have this week because if you can start building up these tournaments, make that the grass court season is so small anyway, but if you can make it a little bit bigger and then have a nice build-up into Wimbledon. 
yeah, it's really important. Uh, you know, this this has been you know invaluable for us to to get matches on on the grass. We haven't had that the last couple of years before Wimbledon. So um, yeah, I think uh, hopefully it's the start of something exciting to come in the future. And it was nice to hear Novak Djokovic speaking after his winter. Who's asked the question? He said it's so great that this tournament is now taking place. He's tried it in the past and would love to give it a go in the future. I'll challenge him. <laughs> we will be there filming that one. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. So the lovely, I know we're describing everyone as lovely, but Gordon Reed and Alfie Hewitt, also lovely, Gigi. <laughs> and, and it was nice having a chat with um, Alfie while we were waiting for Gordon, who was actually doing some filming with Amazon and just talking about being here. And he said, it's so great that we're here. It's so great we're getting the, the coverage for wheelchair tennis. We want, we want to grow it. And he said, because the frustrating thing at the moment is this country hits tennis fever pitch on the grass court season. It's such a small part of the year. And for wheelchair tennis... They haven't had a lot of tournaments, and it's so tough. Gordon Reed was talking later, it's so tough to adapt going from the clay to the grass because you don't get the traction on grass. It's like wheeling the wheelchairs against resistant bands. You don't roll any. It's very, very difficult, and it's such, such a short season. So Alfie's worried that it's not showcased to the high standards that they normally set on the grass. He said it's frustrating because this is our, our biggest crowd. It's our biggest window in a way because everyone's talking about tennis, yet they have such a short season. So he's so happy it's here at the Fever Tree Championships and they would just like to get more and more grass court tournaments just to grow the season a little bit more. Yeah, well, hopefully this is the start of that. It's been a wonderfully welcome addition to the Fever Tree Championships this year. And as I said, a live coverage of both those wheelchair tennis matches streamed live 
on our Fever Tree Championships Facebook page, which, uh, Gigi, you have been working like a Trojan for all week, all of the tournament channels. Uh, we've used so many of the interviews here on the podcast. This is your last day for the podcast. Yes, you're, it is. You're abandoning us for Diggerland. Uh, I am uh, tomorrow, or today, whenever you're listening to this, or yesterday if you're listening to it on Monday, <laughs> um, the twins turn three. Uh, they are boys and they love tractors, trucks, etc. So we are going on a family trip to Diggerland. Before I head to Eastbourne, I'll be at Diggerland. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm sure they're going to love it. So while everyone is enjoying the final here, I will be scaling life size diggers. Well, we will miss you, Gigi. But I'm comfortable with being abandoned for Diggerland because it sounds blooming awesome. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Gigi, for everything. We have been the Tennis Podcast, our second to last podcast of the week. Six of them so far. Seven, if you include the preview show. Just one more to go. Uh, we're brought to you in association with The Telegraph, with our executive producers, Triple S, Melanie Bowes, TennisBalls.com, with La Manga Club, Charlie the Ferret, and we'll be back for one last Fever Tree Championships Tennis Podcast tomorrow. 